0: Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Are you concerned about the health of your brain? Do you want to get rid of brain fog and have superior clarity and focus? Well, I have a solution for you. And no, it's not caffeine or some sort of pill or powder. Rather, it's delicious chocolate fudge. I know that sounds crazy, but this isn't your average fudge. It's actually rich, chocolatey fudge that is jam-packed with five of the most beneficial mushroom species in existence when it comes to keeping a sharp and healthy brain. In fact, all of the mushrooms contain high amounts of essential nutrients, along with unique bioactive compounds that can promote the health of your brain while also supporting your heart and immune system. Rest assured, you cannot taste the mushrooms within this fudge whatsoever. Just a delicious, gooey, chocolatey taste without sugar or artificial sweeteners. I'm introducing you to my favorite brain health treat. It's called Mushroom Mind Boost from my friends over at Purality Health. Now, Purality Health utilizes something called my liposomal technology, which delivers the nutrients of these brain boosting mushrooms into your bloodstream, proven to be up to 800% more efficient. So, if you want to say goodbye to forgetfulness and instead keep a sharp and healthy mind, give Purality Health's Mushroom Mind Boost a try. It's backed by a 180 day money back guarantee that's six full months. And today, I have a 30% off coupon for you. Just visit puralityhealth.com and use the coupon DRJ to access 30% off your purchase today. This podcast is an audio recording of one of my most popular YouTube videos on feast, famine, cycling. We know that when we fast or we restrict, we we, we eat less, we actually turn up self-healing and autophagy. And that is amazing. And there's some incredible things that take place inside of our body when we do that. The problem is that if we do it too long, we're going to throw off our natural hormone balance. And so it's really, really critical that we undergo something called feast, famine, cycling. That way we get the autophagy, the cellular cleansing benefits, but we also don't impact muscle development, sex hormone development, the development of our skin, thyroid hormone, our, our natural metabolism, our ability to burn fat for fuel. And so that is why I'm a huge advocate, and I practice personally feast, famine, cycling. And so this is this training. I go through in detail exactly how to do this correctly. And that's why it's so important because if you don't, if you're fasting, but you're not incorporating enough calories, enough protein, and and doing what we call feasting during your eating window, you could throw off your hormone balance and cause unwanted symptoms. And so it's really critical that you understand how to practice this and how to do it properly. So be sure to take notes with this training. Be sure to share it with somebody that you know and you care about. And also, if you've not left us a five-star review, now is the time to do that. Just go to Apple iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts, scroll to wherever they say leave a review, leave us a five-star review. When you do that, it, reach, it helps us reach more people and impact more lives with this message. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being a part of our community. And let's go into the show. Feast, famine, cycling, this process of developing autophagy, cleansing our body, but also helping stimulate muscle growth and lean body tissue development. And so my famous quote is that when you fast, your body gets really good at using energy in the most efficient manner possible. You develop metabolic flexibility, which is the ability to change Our metabolism to meet the demands of our environment. So, if I'm exercising at a high intensity, like I'm sprinting, I need to produce energy very, very quickly. But if I'm sitting here doing this presentation, I don't need a whole lot of energy. I can be much more efficient in how I create my energy. And ultimately, you know, we need energy for everything. And so, the more energy we're putting into activity or digestion, the less energy goes into. Healing and repair. So, we want to be very energy efficient, but we also want to be very metabolically flexible. And when we're strong in these areas, it's harder to kill us in a sense. We have a greater survival advantage and greater resiliency to stress. And that's really the goal here in life in general. It's about being as resilient to stress as possible. And so, fasting as well as feasting really helps us with that. So, when we feast, You know, basically, times of feasting are about growth. They're about building cells. They're about reproduction. Okay. They're about basically generating lean body tissue. Whereas times of fasting is going to be about cell cleansing, breaking down old cellular organelles, breaking down old tissue, and helping to heal and regenerate new tissue. So, we want to basically cycle between these. Fasting is very anti-inflammatory, which is very powerful for the body, whereas feasting helps stimulate pathways like mTOR mammalian target arapamycin and insulin, which have to do with metabolism, like basically increasing our metabolic rate, increasing uh, muscle tissue development, building. So we've got to be thinking about building as well as cleansing and healing. And so when we're a young, when we're a child, we need to favor times of feasting. You know, we need a lot of food because we're building and we're building very, very quick. However, as once we become an adult, once we become full grown, you know, roughly in that around 20, 21 years old, then we can start to really push into the fasting. Okay, we, uh, we, we need more fasting than we do feasting at that period because we're not growing as quick. And so, again, the key here is creating very strong, resilient human beings. Now, hormone optimization is a key factor that happens when we have feast, famine, cycling. We know that if we have a calorie deficit for too long, so for fasting for too long a period of time, or for under eating for too long a period of time, it can cause a lot of unwanted problems. We get too much autophagy, we lose too much lean body mass, our sex hormones drop. We just don't feel good. Our thyroid hormone drops. We have dry skin. We lose our hair. We feel awful. That's definitely not where we want to be. But at the same time, if we just constantly are feasting, we're going to cause tremendous stress in our digestive system. We're going to develop insulin resistance. We are going to develop chronic metabolic diseases like cancer, heart disease. So we need the combination of both of them. And that helps to improve insulin sensitivity, optimize thyroid function helps optimize adrenal health and sex hormones. And so uh, basically with our thyroid, when we are fasting for too long, we have prolonged caloric restriction, So we might be intermittent fasting, but just not eating enough when we do eat, it's gonna cause an increase in reverse T3. And reverse T3, basically, or basically it's gonna increase cortisol and stress hormone production, which then is going to increase reverse T3, which is an inactive form of thyroid hormone. So we're going to get a lowered production of T3, which is the active form of thyroid hormone that we really need to interact with cells. We're going to get increased RT3, and we're going to slow down our metabolism. We're not going to feel as good. Our brain's not going to feel as good. We're going to end up with drier skin, more constipation, lethargy, lower energy levels, sometimes hair falling out. These are the kind of issues that we may deal with when we are fasting too much and not incorporating feasting. So this is the importance of cycling between feasting and famine, feasting and fasting. So how do we implement this? Well, number one is I recommend gently moving into a ketogenic lifestyle, a higher fat lifestyle, a lower carbohydrate diet in general. Uh, We avoid snacking. So we go down to two to three meals a day And we develop our fasting muscle. We can start with something like a simple fast, 12 hours overnight, push it into a brunch fast, 14 hours each day, and then maybe go into a crescendo fast, where we go a 16-hour fast, two to three days a week, non-consecutive days in that crescendo cycle fasting, and then slowly progress from there. For some individuals, they do great doing a 16-8 or an 18-6, I know for myself, I tend to thrive doing an eighteen-six somewhere in that time frame. I do an eighteen to twenty-hour fast every day, and then two days a week, I do a twenty-four-hour fast where I only eat one meal. For me, that works great. Okay, when I do eat, I feast. I eat a lot of food, and I, I don't typically overly concern myself with um, with carbohydrates. Although I I tend to just eat a lower carbohydrate diet in general, um, and so. You know, when you do that, you really don't need to count macros because you get more of the hormone balance and fat adaptation because of the prolonged periods of fasting each day. Now, not everybody can do that. Some people need to eat three meals, and they might eat those three meals in a eight to ten hour window. That's totally fine, um, and you can absolutely do that and start to build your fasting muscle. And then maybe one day a week, you might try to do a longer fast, like a twenty four hour fast. One day a week, you may try to incorporate a lot more carbohydrates, where you have more of a feast day. And I found that that tends to work for many individuals, where they have a feast day once a week, where they have more carbohydrates, ideally more nutrient-dense sources of carbohydrates, and then one day a week where they have a longer fast, along with daily, some level of intermittent fasting on a daily basis, even if if it's a simple fast, like a 12-hour overnight Um, So doing that can be really helpful. Uh, Obviously, focusing on hydration during the fasting window, it's one of the biggest mistakes we see people make is they're just not hydrating well when they are fasting, which makes it harder to fast because they're dehydrated. They tend to have more cravings. Getting regular exercise, moving your body well. In fact, moving well at the end of your fasting window can be really good for stimulating more autophagy, more cell cleansing, keeping stress down in general, prioritizing good sleep and good rest, Improving your digestive health, considering digestive health supplements, especially if you're going to feast. You know, when you do eat a lot of food, especially when you've been fasting for, you know, longer periods, 16, 18, 20, 24 hours, taking some digestive enzymes, maybe some hydrochloric acid can be really helpful because you want to eat till you're full. You're not trying to count calories and count macros necessarily, you're really trying to just eat until you're fully satiated. That is the key there. I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about this amazing product called Joint Support by Pure Health Research. If you're out there and you're struggling with stiff or aching joints and you're tired of letting that discomfort steal the joy and freedom from your life, you've got to try Joint Support. It contains seven of Mother Nature's best superfoods for supporting comfortable, healthy, and flexible joints, and it even promotes healthy cartilage growth too. Now, all it takes is one small capsule of joint support every day to start feeling the positive effects on your joint health. And as a listener of our show, you can try joint support risk-free today and get a free 30-day supply of omega-3 when you take advantage of this special offer. It can promote healthy joint lubrication, making it easier to move in comfort. You're also going to get two free ebooks so you can learn more about joint health. Just head over to getjointhelp.com forward slash jockers. That's getjointhelp.com forward slash jockers. dot com forward slash J O C K E R S. And that will order joint support and claim your free bottle of omega 3 while supplies last. Again, That's getjointhelp.com forward slash jockers. Now signs you may have overeaten, if you're noticing that you're bloated after meals, you've got indigestion, nausea, you're just fatigued, you need to take a nap after your meal or you just can't think right, those are signs that you may be overeating when you are eating. Now obviously also you may gain weight. If you're fasting, feeling pretty good, eating a lot and still gaining weight, then that's, you know, that's certainly not, um, that shouldn't happen when you're incorporating intermittent fasting, more of a ketogenic style lifestyle, you shouldn't be gaining weight. Um, and so unless you are trying to gain weight, unless you're underweight, then maybe, you know, feasting and eating a lot and trying to gain muscle mass. That's certainly, uh, something that's possible. But if you are not trying to gain weight and you're gaining weight, that's a sign you may be overeating signs of under eating. Hunger and cravings, just a few hours after eating. After you eat, you really should be able to be satiated for at least four to six hours. And At least in that time frame, you should feel well satiated. You may eat again, right? Maybe you have a tight eating window and trying to eat two meals in a four-hour eating window, and that's fine, but it's not like you would be hungry and have cravings. If you have ongoing hunger and cravings, sign you're not eating enough, okay? So you definitely want to make sure you're eating enough, obviously too much weight loss, a fatigue, not right after a meal, but a few hours after a meal or brain fog a few hours after, like two to three hours after, is a sign you're just not getting enough calories in, especially if you're noticing that when you eat, it relieves the fatigue. You're, you're hungry and when you eat, you feel better. Okay, that's a sign you may be under eating. So you want to be able to address that as well. And then, you know, this is really important because if we're eating a large meal, We wanna be able to stimulate our parasympathetic nervous system, which helps us to digest food more effectively. It helps stimulate the production of hydrochloric acid in our stomach, pancreatic enzymes, bile flow. And the key here is really being mindful about how we eat. So deep breaths, being in a state of gratitude, um, really smelling the aromas of the food can help stimulate digestive juices help us digest the food more effectively, just kind of being present and mindful as we're eating rather than just scarfing the food down and that's it. This is, this is really how you're gonna optimize your digestion on a regular basis. Certainly taking supplements. I, I'm a huge fan of that. I take digestive enzymes with every meal um, and I would, I would highly recommend that. However, you know what I would say is even more important is whole body mindful eating. So I don't eat a whole lot of meals. I eat like 11, 12 meals a week. But when I eat, I try to be as mindful as possible and try to slow down my eating and be as grateful as possible so my body can produce the digestive juices it needs to optimize the digestion so that's so important hopefully you guys got a lot out of today's video if you have, haven't subscribed to our channel please do and would love to hear your thoughts on this video in the comments section below we'll see you on a future online training be bless everybody well that's all for this show and i want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.